Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Man, it's so good to see your faces. Welcome everybody online as well. So glad you're with us. It's, um, it's been weeks since I've been in this room and actually seen faces in the seats. It's amazing. Very excited. We, um, we are um, moving forward in this time of pandemic um, safely. We're really paying attention to what's going on with you know, our state leaders and we're, you know, we're paying attention to what, you know, the World Health Organization is saying and what the CDC is saying. We've taken all of these precautions so that we could gather together. Again, I've got my mask right here. It doesn't work real well with the microphone, but um, we have those things um, just to move forward safely. But we're glad that we can finally gather together as a church again and worship together. Wasn't that just great? They hear the band and just worship the Lord together. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm, I'm, I might be a little hoarse already <laughs> from singing so loud in the seats, but my name's Matt Halp. I'm the lead pastor here at Mission View Church. If this is your first time here with us today, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us for worship today. If you're joining us online for the first time, we're so glad you've joined us as well. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually we work our way through books of the Bible, but um, in the summertime as vacations are happening and, and people are, are making it you know, less regularly to church, I thought we would go through a couple sermon series that were more topical. So it may, if you went on vacation, and you, like I was on vacation last week, and you miss one weekend, you're not going to kind of miss the, you know, a, a key part of a sermon series. So we're going to be doing a little more topical preaching. And today, I thought it'd be really good for us to look at what the Bible has to say about fear. Fear. So I, I did a little bit of research. You know, fear's a funny thing. It makes us do things we normally wouldn't do. A lot of times fear can creep up on us. I mean, we don't know it's coming. We're living out our lives and things seem to be going fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa what's, what's going on? You know, and, and, and then we start responding differently. Maybe it's a, a news report. Maybe it's something you read on Instagram. Maybe it's a video you watch on YouTube or a Facebook post that somebody puts out. But you, you look at this thing and then all of a sudden there's these thoughts that, that cross your mind and, and kind of captivate us. Maybe it's something that happens to you or something that happens to your family. Maybe it's a diagnosis from a doctor. You know, some fears... We have, we're completely aware of. We know about them. I mean, we remember them. Maybe it was a fear that popped onto us when we were kids, right? Uh, maybe, maybe it's something we've known about our entire lives. We know that it's there. I, I, I looked into this just a little bit online. I found this, this old survey back from 1998, so a long time ago. So I'm sure this has changed quite a bit. But, but here's some of these um, uh, fears that were documented by the British Journal of Psychiatry. 8,000 respondents uh, to this there was, found that most common phobias include acrophobia, the fear of heights. That's one of my top fears, just, just to get it out there. Areophobia, fear of flying. Arachnophobia, any, any arachnophobia? Okay, yeah, spiders, right? Right, Emma? <laughs> we had a spider in her room just the other night, man. We had to take care of business. Um, astrophobia, fear of thunder and lightning. Autophobia, fear of being alone. Claustrophobia. Oh, there's some scary movies about that one, right? Claustrophobia. Hemophobia, fear of blood. Hydrophobia, fear of water. Aphidiophobia. That's a fun one. Say that. Aphidiophobia. Fear of snakes. Zoophobia. Zoophobia. That's not fear of a zoo. 
It's fear, fear of animals. All right, one of the, one of the top fears, to get this one, is fear of public speaking, right? Now, this is, this is funny because um, when I was in high school, my senior year, I had to take a speech class with Mr. Meeks. He was my favorite teacher. He was our English teacher. He was awesome. He did all the plays. He was just the coolest teacher ever. Dennis Meeks, Mr. Meeks. And I'm, I remember my senior year, I had to do this speech class with Mr. Meeks. I was terrified of speaking in front of people. It was, it was one of my top fears. And I remember, you know, having to go through this class, and we would do these speeches once a week. And I remember getting up that first time to do a speech and standing in front of my classmates. And I went to a very small school. I think our, the class that was in there was probably 15 students, right? 15 of my friends. I stand in front of them. No joke. I go to speak, and nothing comes out of my mouth. Literally nothing, you know that awkward moment where someone's supposed to be doing something and it's just crickets? Kind of like that, right? And I couldn't get anything out. And this went on for eight weeks, eight of the nine weeks. Mr. Meeks, being the kind and nice man that he was, pulled me aside. And it was that last week, last speech. He goes, Matt, if you can just make it through half of your speech, I will pass you. I will pass you. He's being, you know, just being merciful Mr. Meeks, right? And he goes, he goes, let me give you a tip. Bring a prop. Find something that you're comfortable with and talk about that. I'll let you bring this prop. This will be helpful for you. And so my last speech, I decide to do a speech on how an acoustic guitar works and go through the, the different parts of an acoustic guitar. So uh, being a guitarist, I was comfortable with that. I had this prop, and I get up in front of everyone. I just start talking about how an acoustic guitar works. And I just rambled on for like an hour. And he was like, you, you know, I, I passed the class. But fear, fear of, um, of public speaking. In fact, fear of public speaking was higher on the list than fear of death. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? Well... Uh, one of my top fears is fear of heights, and um, at one time, I uh, wanted to face this fear, and I don't know, have you ever been there? You've dealt with fear in your life, and you are ready to face it head on. You, you are ready to take the steps necessary to defeat and move forward in your life and grow out of this phase of this fear, and so I was ready. I was like, the Lord is working in my life. He's changing me and growing me, and my family needs Christmas lights on the house. So I'm ready to face this fear. And we had, at the time, we lived in this small ranch house, and it was a very low roof. So I'm thinking, no problem. I can get a six-foot ladder and get on top of this roof. No problem. So I face my fears, and I climb this ladder. My wife's laughing hysterically over here, by the way. And I get up on this roof. And I'm getting ready to hang that first light. And I said, this is a really bad idea. And I, I froze. I'm on the edge of my roof. My wife is away, not home. And I'm on the edge of the roof, about like this, I think, you know. And instantly I start hovering towards the roof as close as I can get. And for hours, hours, I am huddled to the roof like this. How embarrassing is that, right? And my wife finally comes home, and she has to help me off the roof. Not one Christmas light was hung that year or in any year since. Okay? Have you ever had an experience like that? Where you're really 
really ready to try and face one of your fears. You really want to move forward. And you just hit a brick wall. You know, all of us struggle with fear. All of us struggle with fears that we know about. We struggle with fears that creep up on us. And you know what? The Bible has a lot to say about fear. Let's look at that this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at a short story here. Um, And uh, it's a great story, probably one you're familiar with if you've been in church for any amount of time. If not, it's a great short story about Jesus and his disciples. Uh, It comes after um, a, a short parable that Jesus tells called the parable of the mustard seed. And the mustard seed talks about faith. Does anybody know how small mustard seeds are? Super small seeds, right? Jesus talks about faith like a mustard seed could move a mountain, right? That, that there's this amazing thing that God does in faith in our lives. And, and then we have this story. So before I read God's Word today, let's pray together and we'll jump into Mark chapter 4. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather together. And Lord, we, we have come today to focus on you to worship you, to give you our hearts, to give you our minds, and surrender our will to yours and to fellowship together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So as we open your word, we pray that it would invade our minds, invade our hearts, and change our thinking, that it would actually change how we view and perceive the world, that God, your Holy Spirit, would illuminate the truth of your word and that it would take root in our hearts and grow and change us for your glory and for your kingdom, and for our good. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we have kids in the room today, right? We don't have any children's church during this time. Hey, kids, how's it going? I want to tell you a story, all right, guys? So if you're in Mark 4, adults, read along this story. Kids, pay attention to me. We're going to talk about Jesus. Who knows who Jesus is, kids? He's the Son of God, right? Well, Jesus... He had these disciples, these followers that would follow him wherever he went. And he wanted to go to the other side of the sea. So he says, hey, guys, why don't you follow me? We'll go to the other side of the sea, all right? So they jump in a boat, and they're on this boat. They're headed to the other side of the sea, and Jesus is tired. So he goes down to the bottom of the boat to take a nap. Well, while Jesus is taking his nap, there's this huge storm that comes. The wind is blowing There's lightning. There's these huge waves coming over the boat. And Jesus' disciples are terrified. They're peeing their pants. They are terrified. Can you believe that? And they're just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to die out here. We're going to die. They were terrified. And they're like, where's Jesus? Where did Jesus go? And so one of the disciples runs down the bottom of the boat. He says, Jesus, wake up, Jesus. Don't you care about us? Don't you care about us? We're going to die. We're going to die. Don't you care about us? And Jesus wakes up and he, he comes up to the top of the boat. And he's at the top of the boat. He's looking out at these huge waves and lightning and wind. And he's, he says, peace, be still. And instantly, the lightning stops. The thunder stops. The waves calm down. And the wind calms down. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing? Those those disciples, his followers that were terrified, now they're not terrified of the storm. They look at Jesus and they go, who is this guy? 
Who is this guy that even the wind and the waves do what he tells them to do? This is amazing. And it says that they were filled with fear of him. Isn't that amazing? That's our story for today. Jesus looked at his followers and he says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In the midst of the storm, when things get really difficult, when things get really scary, where do we find our faith? That's our story for today. Hopefully, adults, you read that as I was telling that to the kids. But the first thing I want to point out about this this amazing story we see is, is this, and it's the first fill-in in your notes today, is this. Sometimes Jesus leads us into the storm. Whose idea was it to go on this short-term missions trip? That's really what this was. Uh, Pastor Adam pointed that out to me in our sermon prep as he sh- had shared from this uh, passage to the youth some. They're on this short missions trip across the sea. They go meet this one guy, and then they head back across the sea again. But whose idea was it for them to jump in this boat and head out? It was Jesus's. It was Jesus's idea. Now, it's funny that this story comes after the parable of faith like a mustard seed, right? It's almost as if God had a plan to do something with this. Faith like a mustard seed. And then the storm and the fear and everything that happened. It was Jesus's idea to go across to the other side. Now, that seems harmless enough, right? It says, I mean, in verse 35, he just says, let us go across to the other side. Harmless enough, right? It's, I mean, that's, that's simple, that's easy, that's practical, we'll just jump in a boat. I mean, these guys, these disciples, most of them were fishermen. They had spent most of their lives on the water. We'll just jump in this boat and head over to the other side. But how oftentimes in our lives do we make a decision that we pray through, that we, we go to God's word about, that we, we talk to other Christian believers that we trust. And, and as we're making these decisions for our lives, maybe it's a decision to take a new job. Maybe it's a decision to, to move to another state. Maybe it's a, a decision to, to do something else with our lives, go back to school or, or change majors or, or anything like that. It, it seems harmless enough at first. And then we, we do what we think's right. I mean, we pray, maybe we fast, we seek godly counsel, and then we take the step. And, and all the storm breaks loose. All we see is waves, wind, and lightning, and thunder. Have you ever been there? You know, you, 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 yeah, you know, you know that you know that you know you're following God's calling, you're following God's direction in your life, and then you find yourself in a mess. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. All right, let's do it. Jump in the boat, and then hurricane (laughs) comes in. Sometimes Jesus leads us into the storm. We've all been there. There's been times in our lives where we we look at it and, and say, God, what are you doing? I mean, I checked all the boxes off. I prayed. I talked to, to trusted counsel. I, I did all of these things. What are you doing? I mean, are you, are you still up there? Or are you asleep in the bottom of the boat, right? Where is he? Here's one thing. I really want us to grasp, grasp this this morning, 
is that Jesus doesn't lead us into the storm to kill us. Kind of like his disciples were saying, we are dying up here. Now, this must have been some storm, right? Because these are seasoned sailors. These guys had been on the water most of their lives, and they come to Jesus and they say, we are about to perish. We are about to die. Don't you care about us? So this must have been some storm. But Jesus doesn't lead us into the storm to kill us. He leads us there to change us. You might want to write that down. Jesus doesn't lead us into the storm to kill us. He leads us there to change us. You've heard me say before that God loves us too much to leave us the way we are, and he does. The fact of the matter is this, is that all of us, every single one of us, me, you, everybody around us, all of us need the supernatural power of change that only the Holy Spirit God can do in our lives. Every single one of us are in desperate need of God and his changing power in our lives. Now, the difficult part about this is when we're in the mess and we're in the storm, we're like, why? Lord, I I thought I did everything right in this. Why are you doing this to me? Where are you? Once we get past the why, we need to get to the what. The why is this, is that God is leading us into that storm to change us, to grow us and, and mold us and to make us the people he's called us to be. Once we grasp that and understand that and, and, and trust that, we need to get to the what. So here I am. I'm on the boat. I'm in the middle of the waves. Lightning's crashing. The boat's filling with water. God, what are you doing in me right now? Where is it? Where is it right now, God, I'm missing the mark? What do you want to teach me through this time of fear, through this time of turbulation, through this this just suffering? God, what, what do you want to change in me? Where is it that God wants to change us? Do I need to learn to trust you more? Is God revealing the areas of my life and heart I haven't given up to him yet? Does he want me to rely on him more and less on myself? Is he using this situation in my life so that he would be glorified in my response? Maybe he would be glorified in how I walk through the storm. The second fill in your notes is this. Jesus cares and can calm any storm. Isn't that good to know? Like you think about these disciples and everything, and I mean, they were with Jesus, right? They were walking with Jesus. They had seen some pretty miraculous stuff, water into wine, you know. They had seen, they'd heard him preach and teach, and they had walked beside him in the flesh, you know, they were, they were side by side with Jesus. Do you even care about us? <laughs> Terrified for the life. Let's look at it. In verse 30, it says, But he was asleep in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? A little melodramatic, because, I mean, you know, a little melodramatic. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I want, to, I want to look at the questions that Jesus' disciples ask him here in these short few verses. Do you not care? Have you ever asked God that question? I have. 
There's been times in my life that I look at things and it's just such a mess. And it's so difficult. And I say, God, do you still care? You know, it's okay to ask that question. God, do you still care about me? You know, these guys thought they were goners. They were saying their last prayers, their lives were flashing before their eyes, they were writing their final will and testaments. They were terrified, petrified. These were, and these weren't just your average Joes. These were the guys that walked with Jesus. These were guys that spent probably more time on boats than on land. Fear makes things seem so big unbeatable and impossible to overcome. You know, I don't, I don't blame the disciples for this. I mean, it'd be easy to read this short story and, and start pointing fingers, right? Oh, these guys were such losers. You know, who, you know, Peter, why weren't you, where's your faith, man? You, you know, you knew Jesus in the flesh and you can't even, you know, go through a storm. It'd be easy for us to say something like that. But there's, there's been times in our lives, even if we're unwilling to recognize them, that we've had the same thoughts, the same feelings. Even now, as our, our phones, iPads, and televisions, airwaves are filled with hate and violence and evil, it feels like all we can see are waves, wind, and lightning pandemics and viruses and riots and, and all of these different things going on right around us, we could, we could have that tendency to look at everything and see this is completely out of control. This is completely overboard. Who, who's, who's in charge? What's going on? What do I do? and be overcome with fear. And then all of a sudden, that, that struggle or that difficult situation becomes something more than just a difficult situation. It becomes an impossible situation. It becomes a situation that has no hope. It becomes a situation that overwhelms our life and our times, and, and we can't get off our Facebook feeds, and we can't get off of Instagram, and we can't get off of Twitter, and we're, we're reading everything, and we're trying to watch everything, and then all of a sudden... You know, even in our Bible times, we, we put this down and we come to this and it's this every news feed or everything else. It would be easy in a time of fear to forget who God is. Do you not care? Had they forgotten had they forgotten who Jesus was? That he turned water to wine? That even as he called the disciples to himself, he didn't call some rich Pharisee. He didn't call some teacher of the law. He didn't call some super religious person, but he went to these broken men and called them to himself. The love, the grace, and the mercy of that, that calling had they forgotten that already? Fear becomes unhealthy when we forget 
who God is. Fear becomes unhealthy when we forget who God is. Jesus can calm any storm. Say that with me. Jesus can calm any storm. One more time. Jesus can calm any storm. Now, we're in a storm today, no denying it, but Jesus can calm any storms, and we have to remember that. Not only that, but that God is for us and not against us, that he is all-powerful and has a plan, that he created and sustains all things, that, he, that nothing we've experienced, nothing that we've seen in our entire lifetimes, let alone in the last 10 weeks, is a surprise to him. He's not standing up there in heaven going, oh, man, coronavirus, now there's race, racism and riots. What am I going to do? He's not, that's not what God is doing. God has a plan in all of these things. He's not up there trying, oh, plan B, nope, plan C, nope, plan... No. We have to remember who God is. God created the universe. He spoke it and it happened. Every star in the sky, he governs. Every life, every choice, everything that happens in this world isn't some craziness. It happens within a sovereign, providential plan of a loving, gracious, and merciful God who, before the world began, knew your name. Think about that for a second. Before he spoke anything into existence, he knew your name. And his word tells us that he had set aside good things for your life. The Bible also tells us that we will not leave this planet one millisecond before he ordains it. That the days of our lives are set aside for him and by him. God knows. God is powerful. And he can do whatever he wants to do because he is God. Isn't that good news? But we have a tendency to forget it, right? We forget all of these things that, that God is for us, not against us, that he loves us, that he has plans for us, that he's in control of all things, he knows all things, he's not surprised by anything. But man, my Facebook feed and Twitter feed get filled with coronavirus. And I'm like, Ooh! oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now, don't get me wrong. We should use wisdom, right? You know, we, we should walk in wisdom and, and, and we should seek justice and we should do good things because God is good and, and, and we want to glorify him with our lives. But, but we, of all people on planet Earth, shouldn't be overcome with fear because we know the end of the story. We know how this goes. We know how this plays out. And the one who has the cards is on our side. We have a responsibility to not just remember this, but remind others and live out the faith and belief of these truths. You want to be a witness to your neighbors? You want to be a witness to the world around you, the circle of responsibility that God's put in your life? Live out your faith right now. We are not afraid. We move forward in faith because we believe God is who he says he is. 
and we move forward in wisdom. This is our opportunity. Church, this is our opportunity, our responsibility to shine the light of truth, justice, peace, hope, and the good news with a world that obviously is in desperate need of every word of it. This is what God has put before us in the responsibility he's given us. At the core of fear is a question that we must answer and one the disciples clearly ask. Let's look at it in our third point. And the third point is this. God puts our fear in its place. God puts our fear in its place. Let's look at verse 40 and 41. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Notice what happens. Terrified of this storm. We are perishing. Do you not care? Fear of the storm. Jesus comes up. Peace be still. Guys, what's going on? Seriously, look at how quickly this happens. Wakes up, walks up. Peace be still. Guys, what in the world? Don't don't you remember who I am? I love you guys. I'm... I am God. God puts our fear in its place. And then they're filled with fear. Now, this is a great word, right? Because fear here means something so powerful. When we recognize who God is and the power that he holds, oh man, it's a good kind of fear. It's a good respect, understanding. The best word I think I can use is awe. Wow. Do you see what he just did? Wow. What? Who talks to the waves? (laughs) Who talks to the wind? Who talks to lightning and tells it what to do? What? Oh, man. He is who he says he is, I guess. Anybody ever been in a storm on the sea? When I was about 13 years old, uh, we go down to North Carolina on vacation every year. And um, uh, one one year, uh, somebody thought it would be a great idea for us to go deep sea fishing. Terrible idea. (laughs) Terrible idea. Especially for someone who gets seasick. Before we left port, I was green. So I just went down to the bottom of the boat and just stayed there, right? So I am like... Literally, my face was green in the bottom of the boat. But anyways, I'm down there just dying. You know, I'm, I'm just like, Lord, take me now. Literally, I was praying that. It was the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. But anyways, I'm down there by myself. And I just, you know, the boat is like up and down. I mean, big time. And I'm looking out the, this, this window, and it's like water, and then it's sky, and then it's water, and then it's sky. And I'm like, is it supposed to be like this, you know? We're only supposed to be going out like a couple miles, right? And then all of a sudden, people start joining me in the bottom of the boat. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And, and next thing I know, you know, they had these huge trash cans. I think it was four of them. And they had these seats all around them. And all of the seats were filled. And then the next thing I know is the crew is down there with us. And I'm like, this can't be good. You know, the crew is throwing up with us. I'm like going, this is not good. 
We were supposed to be back after lunch. We didn't get back till 8 p.m. at night. This huge storm rolled in and taken us out way further than we were supposed to be. They had problems with the engines of the boat. We were in a really bad spot. I had no idea. I'm just down there sick as a dog, right? But I'm out there, and I'm just going, it was, it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire life. I was fine down there by myself and maybe with a few other people, but when, like, the crew of the boat's down there going, ah, you know, and throwing up and everything else, you know, that, that is terrifying. That is, okay, that's my deep sea fishing story. But anyways, this is what I'm really getting at. Only when we focus on Christ can we deal with fear in healthy ways. Only when we focus on Christ can we deal with fear in healthy ways. How do we focus on Christ in the middle of the storm? You know, it's crazy in our story today. They were filled with fear and they thought they were going to lose their lives in the storm. And then Jesus walks out, calms the wind and waves, and they're filled with fear of him. Who is this guy? It's, you know, who can do this? The power of a sea is amazing. It sinks unsinkable ships. It changes the shape of our world and is home to countless animals and creatures. I mean, we still haven't searched the depths of the ocean, right? They're full of mystery. And Jesus spoke to them and they did what he said. Who is this man? Only when we focus on Christ can we deal with the fear in a healthy way. So what are you focusing on? What are you focusing on in these times. It's really easy to focus on Twitter. It's really easy to focus on TikTok or Instagram or CNN or Fox News or whatever it is. Your favorite reporter, your favorite Ben Shapiro or whoever it may be. Where is our focus? We have to remember to focus on Christ in the middle of a storm. So three things. I want to give you three quick things and we'll be done. Three things that will help us focus on Christ in the middle of a storm. Number one, remember what he has done in your life and the lives of those around you. Remember what Christ has done in your life and the life of Christians around you. This is really important. We have to, to look back at the faithfulness of God. In the middle of a storm, you know, it's easy Think about it. The disciples in the middle of the storm, they totally forgot about all the miracles Jesus had performed, <laughs> right? They totally, you know, looked past all these amazing miracles. They looked past the fact that he was the Messiah, right? Think about that. In the middle of a storm, it's easy to forget who he is and what he's done in our lives. Number one, remember what he has done in our lives and the lives of others. Number two, remember who he is. He is the Messiah, and for us, he is our savior. He is in charge. He is in control. He is coming back one day. And he's going to set all the wrong things right. Everything that this book says about him is true. So read this. Soak this up. Focus on this. Our goal as Christians should be to read this more than we read Fox News or Ben Shapiro or CNN or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. This is truth. This is hope. This is life. Now, we're not to ignore those other things, but this is what puts those other things in perspective and keeps us right. Remember who he is, what the Bible says about him. Number three, tell others about one and two. 
Talk about it. Talk about our faith. Talk about our Savior. Talk about the things that he's done. Great job, Jesse. You're you're just reading the timing perfectly. Come on up, band. These guys are good. Too good. No, but we have to tell other people about him. Tell him, tell people what God has done in your lives. Tell people about what God is revealing about himself to you in his word. We have to have Christian conversations. It's really easy to go to our neighbor and be like, hey man, how's the weather? Woo, great. Hey, your yard looks good. Notice the landscaping, that's awesome. And those are great conversations to have. But think about it. Our neighbors are going through, our neighbors that don't know the Lord, are going through just crazy times in our world, fearful times in our world, and they need a hope right now. Open that conversation to hope and focus it on Christ. So three things. Remember what he has done in our lives and the lives of others. Remember who he is, what the Bible says about him, and let's do those two things and tell other people about those two things. That's the three things applying to our lives this week. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, in these times, in these just crazy times, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring peace and hope into our lives. God, that you would open our eyes to the truths of your word and who you are, that we would trust in you in a deeper, more real way. God, give us opportunities to share your truth with people who are so desperate to hear it. God, give us a boldness and courage to speak about the glory and goodness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he's done. That we would be a light in these dark times for your kingdom and for your glory and for our good. We surrender our will to yours and we say, have your way in us. Use us up for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our closing song together.